Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland back row, Johnny Beatty and former France hooker, Benjamin Kayser. It's the Beatty Kayser derby this weekend, isn't it? Scotland v France. So we'll get onto that in just a minute. Uh, but how has your week been, guys? Johnny, has the, has the baby arrived yet? Not yet, mate. Um, I was away with Amazon Prime Video, which was really good fun with Jill Douglas uh, over in Italy for Italy-Scotland, um, which was probably the best 60 minutes I've seen Italy throw together ever really they were fantastic for 55 minutes 60 minutes um and this weekend i was meant to be doing um italy fiji but it's cancelled but that's good timing uh misses is due to drop any second if it doesn't come this weekend she'll be induced on tuesday so fingers crossed this weekend uh, number three is here safely wow so next week you'll be a, a father of one more and the final one yeah hopefully that's us done <laughs> that's us done no more stresses um yeah fingers crossed everything will go right and it'll be here um next week Definitely, fingers crossed for you all. Um, Benji, how's, how's your week then? Not too bad, mate. Um, a bit like every week in the building uh, department, which means that <laughs> things are going forward, but nothing's ever finished. So we're almost there, almost there, but nothing's finished. Um, and then I, on, I was the other side last week that um, I was meant to do the France Fiji to kick off uh, Auto Nations Cup commentary, which I was really looking forward to, but, um, but it got cancelled. Uh, which links us up really nicely to the chat. And I think we should have about the hot, hot game about this weekend, which is Scotland-France. And remember how we said, listen, typically French, in February 2020, we had a top team. We had finally a federation in a league that was trying to work together. And we're going all good. Six Nations has been absolutely fantastic. And then we're back in October thinking everything's solved. And then a, a week before the, the friendly, well, the, the first game against Wales, we didn't even know if the players were going to be released. Yeah. They got released. They played really well against Wales. They played incredibly well against Ireland. Finished this Six Nations 2020 on a high. But then we realized they can only do, I thought it was three times 80 minutes, but it's three match sheets. In over six. So basically, they were clearly going to say, um, let's go full on against Fiji just to launch the thing, keep the same team, keep that momentum. But then they will be forced to rotate uh, against Scotland. And to be honest, Scotland at the moment are playing well. Uh, they're, they're, they're strong. They know each other inside out. They've got some quality players. The only players that they're missing are fly halves, but Duncan Weir is, is doing a grand job. And I was thinking, oh, if you actually want to really keep on building on that dynamic, I understand you need some depth in your squad, okay? But there's nothing better than winning. And I was thinking, you know, I would have done it differently. Maybe Fiji, no disrespect. But uh, you, could have, you could have, at home, you could have sort of decided to do something else. But now the only good thing about this match being cancelled is that they did not use a match sheet. 
So they already released the squad for the Scotland game. They already obviously already almost named the team for the Fiji game. And then they did sort of a mix now with the new one. Uh, they're still keeping a few guys out to, to give them a few minutes next week. There still is going to be a, a few few rotations within the squad. Some are forced like Entamak who, who pulled out and Boutier and all that over injuries. But some are, are just to actually test guys. And I think we, we can speak about it, especially with our with our uh, future guest because he knows them inside out. And if, and if anything, I think that's the really tough game is that Scotland-France one. And we will have a full franchise for that game, which is awesome. And as Benji said, that makes it tougher, doesn't it, for Scotland, Johnny? Yeah, it, it does. But then from a French perspective, they've, they've, you know, they've leapt over every hurdle that's been put in front of them this year, apart from that test during the Six Nations at Murrayfield. So that adds an extra bit of spice. You know, for Fabian, he'll be like, okay, we've missed the game against Fiji. Firstly, it's really, really sad that Fiji aren't getting to play. It's the one time they're getting to get regular tests against Tier 1 Nations. It's mortifying for them. I'm gutted for all the boys that are across, gutted for the coaching staff. But for France now, you know, Fabian will see he's failed in one test this year. He's failed in that one test in Edinburgh. He now gets all of his big dogs back, gets to get them all back and go and get that chance to win in Edinburgh. And, and that'll be his team talk. Look, boys, we've done everything this year. We've achieved everything we've set out to do. We fell short because of a straight right <laughs> to Jamie Ritchie's face. And that might be the only reason. So for them, they'll be looking to redeem themselves and go over there and have a huge game in Edinburgh. Um, and, you know, like you look at the top 14, you look at the French national team, everyone's now traveling well. Everyone's conf- confident, neutral venues. So it'll be a huge test this weekend. Um, in Edinburgh definitely Um, and for Scotland you know grinding results out but not flying like this is a huge game Um, also for them it's a chance to make history to match history I think this will be the the sixth consecutive win which will you know match a bit of history that's the most amount of test matches Scotland have ever won on the trot if they win that and then we go on and can beat Fiji we make history and that's seven wins for the first time ever so you know there's motivation there for both sides in years past there were sort of dead rubbers in Edinburgh where you had Argentina or South Africa flying over at the end of the year everyone absolutely wrecked shattered just wanted to go on holiday now you've got an Autumn Nations Cup something tangible to play for um, and you've got little scores and, and lots of pride on the line so should be a, a tremendous game this weekend so we've done the team talk for both teams but tactically how do they approach it where's this game going to be won and lost do you think well it's different because if you think back to the first half of the Six Nations, France played with a blitz D. They were the only team to do it. They, you know, they blitzed against England. They blitzed against Scotland. Um, and I felt that the Scottish coaching staff, we talked back to, we analysed it before. It was, the, it was the only time that Fabian became outthought, I thought, um, in that Scotland countered the blitz defence really well. Since that game, they haven't played with a blitz D. So they've come to a straightforward, hard, you know, get up line speed defence, but it's not the same defence. So Scotland are going to have to think of other ways to break down the the French defence. And I mean, they've been outstanding um, defensively, you know, big men, organised, Sean Edward, we've talked about it, done an amazing job. Um, For me, the differences come in like little subtle things, scrum time, like we don't know exactly who's going to be starting at tight head, but Demba Bamba has been tipped at maybe coming in and starting ahead of Mohamed Was for this game. He's a guy that, Again, I'm not 100% confident in scrum time for 80 minutes. Um, so Scotland looked to target him. I know they looked to target Mohamed Was in the first test match because they thought he can get quite long-legged and give away penalties. There's also guys that are going to come in. Jali Bear is going to come in. Toma Ramos is going to come back in. So there's a bit of turnover for France, a little bit. Um, but they're just going to have to repeat performance, stick to the things they're doing simply and fantastically well. Um, Scotland, again, a few switches will be purely injuries you look at Roy Sullivan maybe out with an ankle injury but Ollie Kebble stepped up he's been outstanding on the loose head for, for Glasgow and for Scotland so a tight game a really really tight game and probably the hardest one that we've had to call but again if you look at the physicality that Italy 
they pretty much blew Scotland up on that first half, just how, you know, raw physical power, abrasiveness, like the collisions there at the stadium were enormous. It was frightening being there and, and listening and hearing and feeling the impacts. Um, so that's it. France, I think, will look to just like to beat them up. They've done it before. They did it in Nice before the World Cup. They've done it a few times to Scotland, just trying to absolutely bully the Scottish side. So a huge test for both packs, I reckon. Yeah, pretty spot on. I think the only thing that we can add is is it's going to be a matter of discipline. I think Fabian Elche said it that red card was a decider, and there was also a yellow card during the game. I think Olivon got a yellow for for or no, it was Cross. I think Cross. during the game for high tackling a guy and all that. So it's a matter of discipline. So it's going to be a test again to say this is what we were six months ago. This is how good we can be now. And the key, I think, for Scotland is going to be yeah, get get into Jalibert's face because he's going to have a lot of pressure. He's going to have to deliver. We can speak about it later, but he is at the moment in a, in a enemy number tricky, one tricky spot. Yeah, after what he did against in, in Castres, and we, I mean it's it's well deserved a chat because it talks new about the new generation, about how you know you need to be furious and passionate and angry and all that. But you also need always need to keep a cool head. And international rugby does not allow you to have even the slightest um, gray zone. For that, so uh, so it's going to be a, a tricky one, and they're going to put Camisha under a lot of, of pressure as well, and line out time and all that. So tricky bits. France's discipline and Scotland able to attack those key players who have been rotated in, like Demba Bemba, if he does end up starting, are, are the ones that could be relatively the weaker spots. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We've heard your thoughts. Let's get our guest on now and we can ask him about it as well. He's forging a successful career off the field now at Wrestling 92, but he looks to me like he could still be playing. Yannick Yanga joins us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you guys? 
We are good. We were just chatting about the um, France-Scotland game at the weekend. So give us your take. How do you think it's going to go? Oh, it's going to be a tough game because uh, I think on the Galtier era, it's the, first, the, the only, only game France uh, lost. There will be revenge in the air and uh, Frank will, France will be, will, will be on, on top. And you obviously know a lot of the players well in that France camp. So is that what they've been talking about? Have they been talking about revenge? I don't, I don't think they're talking about revenge. You know, there's a lot of uh, youngsters and they, they're not in, in, in that thing. Like it's more old school thing to, to have revenge and, and they just enjoy the, the thing. But uh, yeah, as competitors, that's where they lost the, the tournament. And, they, uh, and I, I don't think before the game, um, when you see that they, they, they won uh, Wales, they won uh, England, uh, they were supposed to, to be able to, to, to beat Scotland in Scotland. And uh, yeah, I think they've been too naive, I think, uh, during this game with the, the, the red card of uh, Mohamed Awas. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a good lesson for, for, for them. And um, they, they build a lot of experience from this game. And uh, I think it will be the, a good opportunity to show the progress. It's been the one black spot, that loss in Edinburgh, on France's performance this entire year, the calendar year, really. But what have you made generally of the performances and the lift that they've given to the French rugby public with the way they've played? Yeah, we're really happy because it's been a long time that France uh, hasn't been at, this, at that level. And uh, we, were, we were struggling as supporters to, uh, to go uh, to French, French games and, uh, and feel like a, a little bit disappointed game after game and, uh, and uh, tournament after tournament. And um, it was uh, the first time in a, in a, in a long time that uh, we could hope uh, a, a grand slam or a win and uh, that's 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 really cool to uh, to have this feeling before game. We'll come on to the the big moments in your career shortly, Yannick. But I just want to go briefly right back to the start because we had Thierry Dusitoire on last week, and he was talking to us about growing up in the Ivory Coast. And you were born in the Democratic Republic of Congo, I think, but only there as a baby. So just just give us an insight into what it was like for you in the kind of early days. Uh, I don't have so so many memories from that because when I arrived in France, I was uh, I was only three. Um, but uh, I grew up in this uh, in this atmosphere, uh, thanks to my parents and uh, uncles and uh, aunties uh, uh, around me. So uh, when when I, when I grew up, it was something like normal. Like uh, my home uh, was uh, Congo, in fact, because when I will, I could hear the the, the languages and uh, see my my parents uh, enjoying the way that Congolese people uh, enjoy the the life. And when I was out of the, my my home, I was I was in France, so I grew up in this uh, duality uh, uh, all my all my childhood, and uh, that that what made me to today. I'm really happy about it. And when I left my home, that's where I I I, I felt the need to uh, to go back to to Congo. So I went there in uh, 2008, I think, uh, and I saw all my uh, direct relatives, my 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 grandmother grandfather and it was uh, i think the biggest experience in my life to to go back from where i'm from uh, back to my roots and uh, uh, I, I think it was like a, a part of myself missing and from that i could uh, really grew up as a as an adult and at what age when you came over at what age did you start picking up rugby what age did you get into it and what, what were your first rugby experiences <laughs> it's so funny it was completely uh, um, uh, luck, because uh, I start rugby. I was five. Uh, I was uh, I don't know the word in English. In French, it's turbulent. Very, very turbulent. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, same I, thing. Yeah. Yeah. As 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 a as a boy, I was like running everywhere, screaming all the time, and my my parents couldn't couldn't send me anymore home on the on the Wednesday afternoon, and uh, I wanted to play uh, football. Uh, but as uh, back in the days, you couldn't start football before six years old, and I was five. Uh, and my dad was um, building a house just next to a rugby field. And every uh, Wednesday afternoon, he was seeing some kids running around. So he just told me, okay, there's a rugby field. We were, I think it was two years or three years we were in France. So we said, there's a rugby field with the uh, H post. I don't know which sport is it, but uh, there is some kids running around. Maybe we can uh, go there and uh, see if they can... Uh, they can take you. So we went there, and it was a, a small club in a, in a small city next from uh, next to Bezier, uh, 20 kilometers from Bezier, uh, called Agde. And uh, the, the club was there for I, I don't know less than 10 years. So they were lacking of of kids. And when I arrived there, uh, they, they they told me that uh, I could stay for one year just training, and the year after when I would turn six, I would be able to to play games. So that was good for for my dad who, who can't stand me anymore. And uh, and uh, I, I went there telling myself, okay, I just I just go there for one year, and then I go to, to football. This was uh, I think 35 years ago, and I never left. So <laughs> that's 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 really 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 fun because I didn't know anything about the sports. When I came there, it wasn't for the sports, but uh, it was just to do some activity and. Uh, the friendship I made the first year, the moments I I I, I lived for 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 the first year, I, I couldn't live from that. And especially we were like a team of uh, eight or ten kids. Uh, and if I was leaving, I was letting down the the, the boys because there was always a, I don't know a, a birthday or something, and someone can come to the to the game. So we were every game we were the exactly the number no no substitutes on the field exactly the <laughs> seven or eight players. So I couldn't leave, you know. And then year after year, I learned to 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 love that sport. And uh, yeah, that's amazing to hear that commitment at the age of about five or six. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, but I just want to briefly go back to the Democratic Republic of Congo as well, because I know Johnny's desperate for me to ask this question. But <laughs> amazing. <laughs> um, we've done a bit of research, and you said you went back there in two thousand eight. I don't know if you've been back much since, but you obviously made a big impression on them as well as them making an impression on you because. We've heard that you got voted the sixth most handsome man in Congo this year. Pre-Movember moustache. I didn't know that. There you go. We're breaking news. Johnny. <laughs> well, we thought that you were number one. So we reckon the vote must be rigged and they need to count every vote because there's something going on that's not right, mate. Definitely number one. <laughs> we you. should get your reaction then. No, what's, what's your reaction to that? How does it feel to be the sixth most handsome man in Congo? That's, that's a huge title because, you know, <laughs> you know in Congo, you, know, you must know what it's all about in Congo. People say that uh, uh, a Congo can be, uh, a Congolese man can be, uh, uh, can be broke, can be sad, can be anything, but you, you, you will never be like uh, not fancy. So it's like one of the, the fanciest country in Africa and uh, maybe uh, maybe in the world known for fashion and, and music so yeah <laughs> I don't know who voted for me but that's a huge title in Congo there you go I think like Benji said shave the moustache and you'll be in the top three next year so. yeah for sure <laughs> for sure in 10 days in 10 days we'll be off <laughs> going back to the early days so you mentioned um, Bezier there that, that was where you really got your start so just talk, talk us through what that was like at Bezier growing up? 
so I, I spent 10 years in, uh, in AGD, uh, the small club I told you uh, where I started rugby. And then I, I'm, uh, I, I think the last, um, the last three years, busy were coming to me uh, to, to sign me uh, for, 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 for the club. But at this time, in myself, in, in my head, there was no point to, for me to, um, to, to, to be professional. Rugby was all about friendship and, uh, yeah, and, and I didn't picture myself as a, as a professional player. So I didn't know anyone um, uh, in Béziers, so I didn't want to go there. Um, then uh, the year before I, 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 I left for Béziers, I went in the, in, in the, the high school there. It's like it's like the academy where there is all the the best player in the in the in the in the in the area, and uh, I met a lot of players from uh, from uh, Bezier, uh, Dimitri, for example, Dimitri Zazewski was there as well, and um, when the the coach uh, came and and asked me to to go, the fact that I knew some uh, some players and the fact that I realized that I wasn't playing at the best uh, level, uh, I, I I went there and. Uh, all, all stuff so fast. I arrived there. I was 15, I think, and um, just the first year we we got the the, the French title in uh, our category. Uh, the year after, I was uh, in the under under 19 uh, French national team, uh, under 18, sorry, uh, and then uh, so on. I, I I signed my first professional contract. I was 17. I started for, uh, playing with the with the first team at eight, at the age of 18, 20 years old. I was in the French team, so everything happened so fast from 15 until uh, 21, and then uh, 21 years old, uh, I I left for Toulouse. But all my first professional memories, I got it with uh, Bézier. And um, when you arrive uh, in a, in a club like this with such a big past, such a big history like uh, like Bézier uh, has in the back in the days in the 70s and 80s. Uh, yeah, you you just um, realized um, what what legacy means. So uh, when I arrived in, uh, in in Toulouse, I was already trained and, uh, to this. The personality of Yannick is is somebody who's passionate, who um, loves human connections. Um, he, he gets the biggest kick out of just seeing you know smiles all around, positive attitude, a big buzz around the group. He's always the the guy who eats for about. Out of four to five hours, but because he's speaking for for four and a half of those hours all the time, that's why he takes so long to eat. Just because he wants people to interact, to chat, he's curious. You know, he's always buzzing. I actually had a question because, without going into the making too many generalities, at the time I'm not so sure there was many black kids playing in Bézier or in Agd. Is that something that rugby gave you? That it forced you to sort of go to others to you know give a smile, create connections, or is it something that was always in you? because of your upbringing and your family and whatever? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think uh, the way I grew up first is um, may, maybe made me like this. I grew up in African uh, uh, atmosphere with my parents. Then I, I was going to a private school, a Catholic private school. Like uh, It was a different type of people. Then I was uh, uh, playing rugby, which is a mix of, uh, of all, all this and... So I was used to to go from um, an area to another. Like uh, I don't know, uh, in my college there was a lot of posh people. In my neighborhood, it wasn't poor neighborhood, but it's like what you call um, middle uh, class. Yeah, middle class. Uh, rugby was like a mix of everything. So I, I was used to that, and I was 
uh, enjoying that, enjoying the fact I, I love to discover people. I love to 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 understand uh, why someone is, is is this way, why this did someone think this way, and uh, I think that's what make uh, myself rich. I'm I'm rich of uh, knowing different type of people. I'm rich of uh, being able to mix uh, people. Like what I've what I've I'm the most proud of uh, in my in my friendship is that all my friends they know from each other. I'm the one uh, connecting each other, and now they are all friends between each other without even me. So I, I like this this thing. I like to connect people, and I like to feel like a good atmosphere around me. I think it's a bit selfish too, you know. I, I go to the other, but it's I take uh, I take um, pleasure doing this. So something that might have helped you, mate, is growing up in Cap Dagd. For yeah. people, for our listeners that don't know Cap Dagd, like I've been there a couple of times with Montpellier when I played at Montpellier on nights out and I'd never seen anything like it. And so for our listeners, like Tim, you won't have any idea what Cap Dagd is, but it's the largest naturist site in Europe. Basically, forget about the dress codes. It is absolutely, there's no dress code. You turn up in your birthday suit and you're good. But in terms of like being a, cri- a kid, a young adolescent, like Bezzy is obviously a great time as well. But like, what was Cap Dag like? You must have some good stories, but more generally, what's it like as a place? I don't think I get to all the stories here. I think you miss <laughs> perfect English, mate. You should stop right now. You should stop right now. But Cap Dag is not what people think. That's a neighborhood of Cap Dag. There is like uh, the biggest uh, uh, naturist uh, neighborhood in the, in in Europe. Uh, Ten thousand people uh, living like naked. Uh, there is like uh, all the bakery. You can go there naked. Uh, fruits and veggies. You can buy everything. You go to the doctor. You go naked. So it's like a little village, but it's part of part of the city. So you have like there is a fence just before this village, and you have to be like. Uh, uh, resident of this part to go there, so I I, I didn't grow up uh, naked. If you if that's, if that's, if <laughs> that that's wasn't what I was insinuating, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> but yeah, I it's it's like it's a it's a it's a great city. Um, the weather is uh, is amazing. You've been there in in Montpellier. It's uh, it's quite the same weather. But we are. I grew up. Uh, I don't know five minutes from the from the beach. So I was going there uh, uh, on, on my bike every 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 day in the summertime, playing rugby on the beach, and I enjoyed the the, the fact that uh, it was vacation uh, holidays every day. And uh, when you grew up there, you don't realize it, but once you live in Paris, for example, you realize how good it is to uh, like have the sun uh, every day and enjoy people. People are more um, warm to each other, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a different life from from Paris. Uh, I think uh, I, I have to go there um, one or two times a year because uh, um, it gives me uh, uh, all the energy I need for the for for, for the rest of the year. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm proud to be there from there. Yannick, I, I had no idea the show was going to go this way. I thought we were just going to talk about <laughs> rugby, but the sixth sexiest man in Congo, naturism. We're talking about. Oh, we'll get to know you very well. All I can say is, I imagine you were very popular back then. The sixth sexiest man in Congo in a naturist site growing up. Anyway, let's go back to the rugby. So you mentioned Toulouse. Um, you moved to Toulouse, spent a decade there, and you talk about the personalities and, and how that's the, the main thing you're kind of interested in. You connect people. So just give us an insight into what it was like to play for for Guy Novas for a decade and what he's like as a, as a coach and as a bloke. I always like to say that uh, I've, been a, I've been an adult in Toulouse, you know, from 21 to 31. That's, uh, that's really the, the 10 years that, that built uh, myself as a man. 
And I arrived there as a, as a youngster and as someone just want to enjoy the life. I was enjoying rugby. Uh, things were happening to me very fast. So I, I didn't have the time to think about it or, or just to, to, to realize what it takes to, uh, to someone to, to, to be in the French team, to be in Toulouse. Things were happening to me very, very fast. And then when you arrive in Toulouse, uh, I think uh, the, um, the expectation of someone like Guinoves just uh, a step up uh, like from two or three level. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it's one of the best uh, experiences in my whole life. Um, playing with such a, a bunch of good, good players as I play with and um, being that good on the field and that simple outside the field. That's uh, what I will remember from for, for the rest of my life. You had Titi Dussotoa um, uh, last 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 time. Uh, you can see he's one of the best players in the in the French history uh, of, of rugby, and uh, he's a very simple man outside the field, very very humble, and um, player like uh, Pato Albacete, uh, Freddy Michalak. Um, yeah, they're all great players and um, very simple in in, in life. So. Uh, I remember I was seeing Toulouse on, on TV every time, uh, like, uh, oh, I want to play there. This is the big club. Uh, I saw them winning uh, 94, 95, 96, 97 in a row, uh, the, the, French, uh, the French title. And uh, when I arrived there, uh, I couldn't imagine how simple and how, how warm they were to, to me, like uh, helping me to, to achieve what, uh, what I wanted to achieve. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's even bigger from the from the inside than from the the outside. And how did the move there come about? Did did Guinovez sort of approach you personally? Like, it, was it or was it just how simple was it? Um, it was, uh, in fact, it was uh, Jean-Michel Rancoul. Jean-Michel Rancoul is uh, the the scout, the one scouting for 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 the club, the the, the, the head of uh, recruitment. Um, he, I think, he approached me. Uh, when I started in busy as professional, so three years ago, three years before I signed, uh, just came to me uh, for a game, uh, saying that uh, he was interested uh, with my profile, that uh, Christian Abit, which was a, a former uh, back row, was about to uh, retire uh, in, in, uh, in, in one year, and they want me to, to replace him. Uh, so they, they were happy to me in Bézier, to, to, to see me in Bézier growing, playing every weekend. And they didn't want me to 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 come back to um, to too early to Toulouse. Um, and I remember the fact that he was maybe coming to my house uh, uh, every two or three months. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, he came. He was calling me when he was coming to see me. Sometimes he was not calling and uh, coming to see me to see how was uh, if I was different when I knew he was there. If I was different, uh, when I was on the bench, for example, he was saying, I'm on the bench. He, he doesn't say anything, just come and, and watch the game. So I, I, I liked, and every time on the Monday, he was calling me, okay, I saw your game, uh, I went there, and uh, I, I like your attitude. Or, and I like the fact that this was a, a solid way of uh, recruiting. And uh, after one year, I knew I, 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 I wanted to play for, for this club. And after Bezzi got relegated, you ended up making that move to Toulouse. You've talked about how simple and how humble and how, how good everyone was in the change room. A bit more about Guy Vez. Can you give us a bit more of his insight into his philosophy, the way he, he ran things and what he's like as a bloke? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's a special one. He's a special one. <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he, 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 I, I didn't know 
to people uh, like like Guy uh, is um, is very hard on 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 it's 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 weird because it's very is very hard on 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 players inside and very protective outside. So you will never uh, hear him saying something bad about his players. Uh, always um, always positive when uh, we were losing, for example. Uh, always warning in the press conference when we were winning. Okay, we are winning, but he was like lowering the, the win. And, uh, and, but inside the thing, it was really hard on the behavior and on the attitude of, uh, of players. It was like, um, yeah. Um, all about the team. He, he, he couldn't care about the, the 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 personal issues or the personal interest of uh, of one or two players. Uh, but all, it was all about the team. And I think um, this uh, this is what made Toulouse uh, being on top. Uh, there was no concession about uh, someone playing for the fresh team or someone having personal issues. Or no, it was like all about the club. And uh, you have to put the club first. And uh, so. I don't know if um, this uh, can stand uh, in the um, in the era we're living at, at the moment, but at this time and the way we were all educated, he was searching for a certain type of of players uh, in the, with a certain type of mindset, and uh, and yeah, the, we we were all there for the for the same thing, winning. If we if we weren't no title, if there was a season without any title, this was a really 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 bad season for us and. Uh, we, we, you could, you could feel uh, all the preseason and all the, the, the season after that, uh, that everyone was very hard on 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 ourselves. But uh, I think the best um, the, the, his his best talent with Jean-Michel Rancourt, he was the the who he was hiring. He was always talking to the man more than talking to the player. So he, he wanted to know you as a man and what you what you have inside yourself and why you were playing for 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 rugby and why you wanted to play for Toulouse. And he was always questioning that and uh, your pride and it was all about all about this and uh, and uh, this was as as important as the the, the the rugby part. So he was really really good on the on the rugby part because you could see that the the way Toulouse was playing. Uh, I don't I don't think I I I heard what I heard in Toulouse in terms of rugby uh, anywhere in the world, uh, because it was all about the, um, the, the intelligence of the, of the players and that we were just uh, uh, training, uh, training the intelligence of the players. So just throwing the ball, uh, reading what you have in front of you, uh, reading what your partner is about to do, uh, react to that, and um, always um, re rewarding the, the initiative and not the one. So if, for example, you, you, you want to tap uh, a penalty, quick penalty. You want to play. If you lose the ball, you weren't the guy they were yelling after. It was the one who didn't react to what you uh, you, you were doing. So this is like things that I, I never heard uh, before and I never heard after. But uh, that that's what make uh, also to the special on uh, on the, the technical part. So for me, you, you mentioned how Guinoves was instrumental about. Um, pushing people to be better and how his type of management was very, very special. But you also met another very special type of manager with Bernard Laporte. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could relate. I love the story of when you told me that, what he told you before the South Africa game about your tackling technique. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, just to finish about Guinoves, because then I have this, I have a story about uh, Guinoves to just to tell you how, how competitive he is. 
one day we were at, I think it was my first game away in uh, in Toulon, and we were in the in the lift, and we are all in lift, all the players, maybe five or six players, and we were about to to go up in the I think it's the fourth floor, and the the door were about to close, and Guy arrived, and uh, when the the lift was full, so they just said, oh, it's too late, and the the the, the lift closed. And one of the boys, I think it was Jean Bouillou, just said, "Oh, you'll see, you'll be up, you'll, you'll be, uh, you'll be upstairs and play like, uh, like, like nothing, like he was walking." And I said, "No, it's impossible. It's the fourth floor." And he was like 55 years old, I think. And, <laughs> and we went to the fourth floor, and the doors opened, and he was there, like walking, like <laughs> watching around, like like nothing. But he, he couldn't, he, he couldn't lose even at this, you know. So. It's 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 a different type of people, really. And to talk about uh, Bernard Laporte, Bernard Laporte is a is a special book too. in a different way. But I think it's one of the two uh, most impressive coach I, I I had in my in my life. We we play in uh, South Africa on the tour on uh, on on two thousand and five. So we we drew the first test, and we were about to play the second test. I was twenty one at this age. I score, I think, an uh, interception, a uh, 40 meters try, and I thought I thought it was a good game. And uh, <laughs> Bernard Laporte didn't say uh, anything to me bad in the whole week. And uh, just before, I think it was the game at I was at uh, four or something, and uh, it was around two or uh, two or three hours before the game. And uh, he, we were all in the round. He was talking, uh, and he said, "Okay, our physical was South Africa, and uh, we have to answer to that physical part and and be very aggressive on the tackles and everything." He just came to me two hours before the game, and he said, "Yannick, you missed a tackle last game. If I see you just not not missing, but uh, taking back on the tackle, you will never see the French in your in your life again." So I was like in the in the, in the round. Putting all this pressure on me, everyone were looking at me. Like if I not not missing the tackle, just uh, the CD, uh, the, conceding, conceding the, the conceding of the tackle. The tackle. Yeah. So I have to make offensive tackle, or I never see French national team from my whole life against South Africa. At this time, <laughs> yeah. I was ninety kgs, ninety kgs playing back rows. So this, I made two tackles. <laughs> on the 10 and on the 9, you know, and after the pass, you know, after the pass, I came and around and it was dominant tackle, just two tackles, but, and then I could continue. So, yeah, they, they, they were, they, they were into pressure. It was old school coaches and uh, this was working at this time. I don't know if this will work today with uh, the young, the youngster we have now and the, the way they are feeling and the, all this new generation, but uh it wasn't. It wasn't a good things when you were uh, leaving that at this moment. But after that, it's it's still a good thing. Now you've talked about the generational gap and the difference between old school and new school coaches. Obviously, you're still with Dmitry Sarzeski. You, you're still working together, and now you're in new roles at Racing. How much do you think these roles have changed? You've obviously got a great human touch. You're great with people. So is Dimitri. But how do you see your new role now? What do you do on a day-to-day and a week-to-week? And how much contact do you have with your players? And what do you see as your role now as a facilitator with your group? Yeah, so my role is, uh, is a bit special compared to, to Dimitri. Dimitri is a defensive coach. So he's, he's coaching and uh, he's really into rugby. Uh, um, as a director of sports, I got like two main main uh, priority in uh, in my job the first one is in the inside of the team i'm more link uh, between the player and staff 
um, uh, the leadership group and the, and the rest of the team. And I'm, I'm trying to, to, to facilitate uh, life for, for everyone. And uh, sometimes it, it, it's, it can be hard for a player to, to go and see the coach if when he has issues. And he, it's, it's sometimes more easy to, to go to me. I've been player not a long time ago and, and I can uh, send the message in, in, a, in the best way to be, to be heard. Um, and um, the, the second part is, uh, for me is, is the, the also link, but with the outside, with the league, with the federation, with the agents for the recruitment, uh, with the academy. Uh, yeah, so everything from the outside of the first team uh, uh, has to pass through me. And then I had a chat always with, uh, with Laurent Travers. And then we, we, we think about the, the politics we, we want to have for the, for, for the first team and, and for the club. So my job is, is really different. To talk about the new generation, I think we have to be um, not only uh, coaching them, but educate them as well. Because um, compared to, to our times, they are coming a lot earlier than, than we do. I don't know if it's the same in, in England, for example, or in the UK. Uh, we... we we erase one category of uh, of the of the young academy. So uh, we used to play in the academy until 23 years old, and now we are playing until 21. So it means that at 21 years old maximum, you have to be ready to play for the first team. And uh, when we were playing, you have to be ready at 23. So this is only two years, but at, at this age, that's that's a huge, huge, huge gap. So when you were seeing people arriving at the age of 20, 21. They all arrive now at 18, 19. So they are, I think, more prepared physically, uh, technically, maybe tactically, but um, mentally they are still uh, 19 years old kids. So you need to, to educate them on, uh, on so many things. But yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy doing this because uh, they are really um, listening to, uh, to what we are saying and you can, you can feel that they want to succeed. So in racing, it's, it's, it's more easy. The reason why we're doing this podcast is also to actually give a real insight of what French rugby is uh, to the UK listeners because it's always different. And I think racing's image is Jacqueline Lorenzetti chucking a lot of money and the clubbing sign. You know, they're still stuck into Andrew Mertens used to play for racing and Augustin Pichot and all those players and Sebastian Chabal, Lionel Nallet and all that. We had Joe Rocco Soko uh, a couple of weeks ago who was a legend and it, I had to admit that there's a true change of politics at racing into breeding, being the sort of French Paris-based club and breeding born and bred uh, players. And I have to admit the rewards at the moment are pretty impressive. Collingar, Teddy Bobini, Colombe, uh, Boris Palou, now all those guys are basically rising up from the ranks and they were born and bred and they were in the academy. The huge amount of money was put into the training center to give them the facilities to actually go. So my first question is, can you tell us a bit more about this political change about actually having born and bred and then the second question you talked about mentality i know for a fact that you've helped a lot a guy like teddy thomas to mature calm down make rugby a, 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 <laughs> a number one priority <laughs> uh, but there's also another guy that you really helped and now that i had doubts at first that and my doubts are completely gone is kamisha his physical ability is not even a question but there was also sort of a, a psychological um, maturity that he needed to get to become a top top hooker, especially in dealing with stress and all. And I know for a fact that you helped him a lot to work on that and to base that. So is that that type of work that you were saying that you need to do 
even more at the moment. You need to educate them. Is that the part of education that you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. The thing is that, so this, I'll try to, to separate the yeah, two, two questions. Two questions, sorry. Yeah. So the first question about the club is, uh, I think uh, this all comes from, from Jackie, Jackie's uh, vision. Uh, Jackie is a competitive builder. I like to, to, to describe him this way. So he's very competitive. And is your builder. So what he what he want to achieve? He doesn't want just a, uh, it to be a, just a one shot thing. Or he, he want to uh, this to last. So on the side, he was like trying to to win very quick. That's why he, he hired uh, 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 all these big players you, you just mentioned before: uh, um, Andrew Merton, Sebastian Chabal, Newton Lally, uh, Johnny Sexton. And on the other side, he built the training center to be able to um, give. Uh, all these uh, people from uh, all these youngsters from these local Brits, as you as you as you as you call them, uh, uh, the opportunity to 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 build themselves as big players and to build themselves to to be the future of racing. So I think the first era was uh, uh, from his start to uh, 2016, the title of 2016 when we we won in in uh, in Barcelona, and from that. Um, they replace all the the big players and the the, the, the historical players by the young young blood, and um, I think uh, what what it takes for for someone to play for for the club of his life it will be always more than when you bring someone to the to the to another club. I I love racing and and now it's it's becoming my club and uh, and more than maybe the rest of the club because I'm I'm I knew this club as a player and now I'm knowing this club uh, from from the inside. I'm trying to build something from this club, so I, I give a lot of myself in this club. But there is nothing compared to uh, what Boris Palu and the mood Boris Palu is before Derby, for example. Uh, and all the players, you, you don't have to tell them what a derby is. They play 100 derbies maybe before playing the, the first one. And when they when it comes to playing the Stade Francais, it's like they are different blocks. So I think this is this made this special. You know, we didn't succeed in the in the last Champions Cup, but the the will all these youngsters had to put a star on the jersey. Is, is so big that it will happen some days. I don't know when, I don't know if it's going to be next year, I don't know if it's going to be in 10 years, or, but it will happen because as, as I said first, uh, talking about Jackie, what everything he built, it made to, to last. So it will come, we will come there. The only matter is when, but I, I hope not to, not to look. I hope to be still there to see, to see uh, the star on the jersey, but uh, we will get there. And the second thing about uh, um, the, the players and the, the, the evolution of the players and uh, my role in this, I, I'm not uh, I'm not proud enough to say that I I have a part or a big part in this. I think it, it everything's come from the player, and I I, I really sincerely think that uh, um, rugby is owned by the players, not by the staff, not by the coach, not by anyone, but the players. It's them on the field. It's them missing. It's them succeeding, and we are just. I see myself as a as a resource for them to be like the best version of, of, of themselves. So it comes from them. I can be the, the best coach or the best uh, director of sport or the best uh, buddy ever. If the player doesn't want to succeed, he won't succeed. Uh, I can be the, the worst one. If you want to achieve something, you will. So as staff, as coach, as director, we have to be humble in the, in the role we have in the success of the, of, of the team. 
And um, to talk about Kami, Kami is a, is a special player, very special player. First, physically, he's a beast. Uh, I've never seen someone who got everything like this. Some, sometimes someone powerful or someone uh, very fast uh, doesn't have a uh, uh, pace or, or, or endurance. And, and Kami got it all. So uh, physically, he's a beast. Uh, it can it can be on the bench impact player. It can be starting uh, playing for 17 uh, or 80 minutes uh, on the field as a hooker and, uh, and never low his intensity. He had so much energy that he need to um, canalize it to um, yeah, no. yeah, control yeah, it to control it. And it was like a, a, like a, a fire, a fire. And um, I remember. He came to me after the game uh, we played in Lyon, I think two years ago, uh, the year before the, the World Cup. And he missed, I think, six, six row in the game and maybe three or four in a row. And uh, he was really, really uh, low. And, uh, and we, we, we had this chat together. He, he, he told me that I want to be a leader of the team. I want to be one day a captain of the team. And, and I, I'm not even able to, uh, to throw uh, and to correct my throw. And he was really down. And we have this 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 chat to to just put the the the, the path and, and telling okay where you want to be when you where you picture yourself in 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 five years in ten years and and what are you doing to be there so then we we start uh, building a, a, a process together and he uh, start going to see someone uh, a former player of of racing who's now a, a mental coach they they start throwing together. Uh, he was putting some pressure on himself just at training, as games and everything, and he changed his mindset, and 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 he start um, be more confident. He start taking the 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 miss not as a as like the worst thing in the world. Okay, he know that missing is part of the process. To to be able to be successful, you have to miss. So now he changed all his mindset, and he's becoming a a great player. And I can see that. Also, in the way he's taking the fact that he's on the bench uh, with the French team, I, I'm sure he want to be uh, uh, in the starting team and he want he, he want more. But the way he's taking it with so many, uh, so much um, uh, clarity in his mind. Okay, I'm waiting for my time. Uh, I'm getting ready to to this. And when I will have my, my time, I'll, I'll show what I can do. And and if I I'm still on the bench, I'll wait for the next opportunity. And he's very simple and very clear in his mind. And that's what I'm proud of, uh, of him for. That's really cool. And the other thing is, that doesn't happen in every French club. Um, like having played in three different French sides, we didn't have anybody that had that kind of role. You've obviously been chosen because you have a certain skill set, which really helps your team. And you were very humble and said, look, I don't think it's part, it's not, you know, as a result of my work that we're going on achieving these things. But like, like Remy Tales was saying, he was a good mate of yours, Talo. He <laughs> yeah. was saying, look, his role facilitator, looks after environment, culture, make sure everyone's at ease. Um, personal one-to-one coaching it's a huge role and you've obviously done a fantastic job but also seems like Racing have been ahead of the curve in many ways as well you know there were big money buys big players but it seems that with the shift towards the importance on GIF players homegrown players and formation Racing has almost preempted this and obviously that comes from Jackie Lorenzetti he's the guy that's in control um, with Traver and now with you in a fantastic role can you give us a bit more insight into what he's like as a man um You've described him as a competitive builder. Other people would say a dictator, you know, drives really hard standards. But in a working relationship, what's Jackie like? He's got a strange reputation. There's obviously things with Morad Bujalal that go back and forward in the press that yeah. we see all the time, which are funny. But yeah. 
what is Jackie like actually? I think is um, the first thing is uh, as a businessman is uh, is 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 like crazy. I never seen someone. It's I never met someone like a, like Jackie in my whole life as a businessman. The way he see things uh, in advance and the way he's like the first thing I was as a director of sport is was I was arriving at the club at seven thirty or or eight maybe. And I was talking to him and he was like, oh, have you read L'Equipe? Have you read the Media Olympic? Have you read Les Echo? Have you read Le Monde? He had maybe uh, read uh, four or five uh, newspaper at seven. So I say, I was picturing myself, what time this guy is waking up to be able to <laughs> read four or five different and different type, economic ones, sports one, uh, politics one. He was like, he, he know everything about, about everything uh, at, at 7 a.m., you know? So... This is this was like one of the 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 the, the, the and he is successful in everything. Like uh, he got, he's in wine, he's in real estate, he's in uh, uh, financial things. He's, he got he got so many uh, different companies and uh, where he's successful. And he's always here to say that the hardest one is rugby, because uh, rugby is so complex. It's not about okay in real estate you just do this. Uh, wait for that and do that and you have the reward in rugby you can like everything can be on the green light but you you don't you don't succeed at the end and sometimes you will win and you you feel like you you didn't deserve to win so this is very complex and i think he's really enjoying the fact that there is this part that is it's it's endless, you know. The success is is uh, is endless, and it's not because you won yesterday that you will win to, tomorrow. And uh, and also the the relationship he, he has with every one of us in the in the club. He got, a, I think, a special relationship with every players. Uh, he know them. He want to know them as as bloke. Uh, you know, okay, uh, how you when he, when he sees you in the morning, how how your wife is, how, and and is so different. In the in in the outside than in the inside, and in the outside he, he can sometimes look cold, and he's very direct. So he can he can uh, seems arrogant, but I don't think it's it's just yeah he, he's direct is is what he's saying. And from now one or two years he just stepped back from the from the from the the journalists and everything. So we don't we don't hear him, hear him a lot like we used to be because he said okay. That's not my place there anymore. I just want to be there and, and help the people, help the players, help the coach, help the staff. Um, it was really, um, you know, I was really proud during the, the, the coronavirus thing uh, about the fact that uh, he came to us and he said, okay, I'm losing that amount of money. Um, I, I just, I don't want you to, 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 um, to, to say, okay, you need to lower your pay on 20, uh, 18, and, or 30%. I just want you to, to tell me what you can do to, to, to help the club. And he, he just let, let the players and staff decide what we want you to do. And if we had say, okay, we want to do nothing, we would have say nothing. So we just had uh, a conversation all together and, um, and, and, and think about, okay, what was the best uh, for us and what was the best for the team. And we decided something and came to him and he accepted. He didn't even uh, say, okay, no, I want you to do more. Or I want you to do less. And, and so this is, this is really uh, uh, awkward when I see the, the way racing is pictured from the outside and when I see the way racing is in the inside. 
sometimes I was doing the same thing in Toulouse and it, it was like uh, everyone was seeing this and uh, saying, oh, that's a good thing. That's... And when you're doing this in racing, it's like no one noticed, you know, no one noticed this and no, so I don't know, maybe our communication is not good enough about this, but I don't think he does that to, to communicate about it. I think he just do that because he want to do that. And 80% of what is he doing, he, he, doesn't want, he, he doesn't want people to know that, but uh, he's, he's, he's very generous and, uh, and uh, very hard at the same time. That's, 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 that's hard to, to explain. That's a really interesting insight into the pay cuts, especially given what's going on in England and what has happened there. Lots of it has been imposed, so that's great to hear. I just want to go back to your role at Racing, your current role. How did that come about? Was it because Jackie knew you very well and, and he knew your personality and he knew you'd be good at that job and so he came to you or did you go to him? How did that come about? Uh, until now, I still don't, don't, don't know where does this idea come from uh, at, 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 in the first place. Uh, I just remember the first time that uh, Laurent Travers came to me to talk about this. It was after the, the, the loss again, uh, not just before, or after the loss again, uh, uh, Clermont in 2017 in Marseille. <laughs> uh, one of the many, one of the many. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but we won the, the main one. <laughs> <laughs> we lost so many, but we won like the, the important one. <laughs> I wasn't and, blamed, um, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah, we were like, uh, uh, so in Marseille, he said, okay, uh, I want you to, to, to tell you something. Okay, we end the season. Uh, next season, so we had, uh, I, I had still one year of contract with, uh, with, uh, with racing. And uh, he just told me, okay, we want you to be a director of sport at racing. Uh, um, we are struggling. Uh, he was at, with Laurent, uh, Laurent Labitte at this time. And um, he said, we're struggling uh, as, as manager, just being on the field and off the field and on the field and off the field. It's, it's so hard. So we need someone to, uh, to help us with the, um, uh, all the all the outside part and also maybe the inside. Um, uh, there is so many names coming, uh, but, but uh, Jackie is giving name. We don't like the names. Uh, we are giving name. He doesn't like names. And when your name came, it was the first name that okay we were on both sides happy happy with. So that's why we wanted to 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 to, to know if you're interested in uh, in this. So I told him I had to think. And uh, first, I was uh, really upset about it because uh, I didn't plan to stop. So I was like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is he, is he telling me about?" <laughs> uh, I was like, "No, it's not. It's not." But I wanted. I still want to play for uh, one or two uh, more years. I don't know. I was picturing my, picturing myself playing until the the World Cup uh, 2019, and uh, and uh, and I had uh, I had all the summer to think about it and. Uh, I could see that uh, my body wasn't the same as uh, as it used to be. Um, I had the, the the luck to win uh, everything. I I was involved uh, in, in the club's part. Uh, the, the title with the uh, top 14 titles, uh, European titles. So I was like, okay, what's what what's the plan? If you play one more year, what will you do after? So um, then I, I I questioned a little bit more uh, Laurent Traver and Jackie about the the position. If it was just like the name of a director of sports, or, or if it, if in in the in the facts I was really a director of sports, so they, they just told me what they were expecting from uh, from me, and I was about, happy about it because they, they told me also that uh, I will made uh, I will make this job mine 
So uh, it's not it's not about they expect some some stuff from this job, but they also expect that uh, my experience as a player uh, that I bring that to the to, to to the job and to the club. So yeah, and uh, I I thought it was a good story to 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 have the opportunity to prepare all the preseason and all the season as your your last dance. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a it's a common it's a common. Uh, expression now but uh, yeah so I I, I I I played every game this season like okay this can be my last game this can be my last game and I think I had one of my my best season uh, so far uh, 20 2017 2019 and uh, it was a good good way to stop so I have no regrets now and just briefly rewinding a little bit um, we've spoken quite a bit about coaches about Guino Vers, Bernard Laporte I just want to ask because there was a big spell where you didn't feature for France and it, it seemed from the outside that you were playing still playing well. So yeah. that was under Mark Lievremont. Talking yeah. about personalities and characters, I mean, Benji's spoken a bit about, about him as well as the other France coaches. Was there something you've done to annoy him, to, to piss him off? Or, or <laughs> what, what happened? I don't know. I really don't know what happened. I, I picture, I asked myself, maybe I did something to, that annoyed him. or I, I didn't know because five years is a lot. Uh, I, I really, I sincerely think that uh, the, the one or two first years, I wasn't doing the 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 best of myself to be there, so I can understand that the the first year maybe, uh, as I told you, I I I'm, I got everything very fast at the age of twenty. I was playing for fresh team. I played the, the two thousand seven World Cup. I was twenty twenty two or twenty three years old. So when you are so young, you got so many good things happening. That's it's, sometimes I don't think it's good for 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 your career. It it, it looks good, but it's uh, you're in danger. Every success puts you in danger. Well, that's what I think. And uh, and you you learn a lot more from your from your loss and from your uh, that, that from your success. So uh, for the when when they arrive in uh, Marc Bivermont, uh, uh, Didier Rotier and uh, Emilien Tamac, Emilien Tamac was in Toulouse. So he just came to me and he said, "Okay, uh, for the next tournament, uh, we will try uh, some 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 new players. We we knew you, we know you already, so don't uh, we don't take we won't take you for the first two games. Don't worry, uh, we know you, and after that we, we will change the team, and and uh, you might be in the <laughs> in the team. Uh, so I was like confident about the fact. Okay, I'm not in the the first team, and then uh, call after call, I wasn't seeing my name, and I start uh, first I. I was blaming, uh, blaming the coaches, blaming uh, uh, everyone, and then I, I said, okay, maybe you, you didn't, you, you didn't do everything to 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 be there. So I start uh, training really, really hard to 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 be back. Then I, I broke my knee, uh, rotula tendon, so it was a ten months uh, injury, um, and I uh, I went back in, uh, so it was um, 2009, uh, 2010. I went back there, and I was a. I think I was a different, uh, a different player. Um, I was um, not letting anything to the to the to the to the luck or to anything. I was planning everything. I was uh, uh, watching uh, all my diets, the way I'm training. I was monitoring everything. Uh, all the data we are using now, I started using for myself very, very, very uh, soon, and. Um, with with the goal to be back in the French team, and every time I wasn't in the in, in name in this, I was okay. What can I do more to be there? What can I do more to be there? And I, I came into the, that process that I didn't want it to 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 tell myself it's over, and and so 
I, I was suffering a lot not playing for, for, for that long for the French team. But when I'm when I'm I'm thinking about it now, it's it's quite the best thing I never happened to me because I will never ever question myself the way I question myself not being in that team for so long. And and when I arrived back in the in the in the French team, I knew the value of being there. And uh, I, for example, uh, from zero to twenty-five caps, I was changing my jersey every time. From twenty-five to the rest, I will never ever change my jersey. <laughs> I, I, I maybe maybe one or two times, maybe for this special occasion, but uh, because I was, I really was feeling that every cap could be the last, you know. And and this mindset, I think built something inside me that I try to bring now as a director of sport to, to, to the players. But uh, yeah, as I said, you, 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 you learn a lot more from your loss than from your success. You mentioned Emil Entomac had that conversation at the start, but over those five years, were there, were there not more conversations where you were saying, what do you want me to do? Like, what can I do more? And there was no kind of communication. No, because uh, maybe that's a mistake, but I was, at this time I was thinking, I was, I was telling myself, I, I don't like to go and, and ask the coach why I'm not playing. Because I was, I was uh, um, uh, starting from the fact that when you're playing, you never go and ask the coach why I'm playing. So why will you go to see him uh, when you're not playing? You know, it's, not, it's, it's written every, uh, anywhere. It's not written that uh, you are supposed to play on your contract. No, you're supposed to train hard and you're supposed to aid, help the team to win. So if you're playing or not, that's not... That's not an issue in, 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 in so I, I was, I don't know, I, maybe I, sh- I should have go and I don't know if I, if I, it was good to me to, 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 to go, but I didn't want to go and it was a bit like uh, downgraded myself as well. I think it's more, su- it's more surprising that, you know, someone like Mark who's taken over and you've already got that amount of caps that he wouldn't come to you and say, look, if you do this, this and this, it might help. Yeah. I, I kind of meant more from that side. Exactly, yeah. It's one of the hardest bits of a player when you're not getting picked. Yeah. You're trying to do everything you can in your bubble to make sure you get better so that your performance is good so you do get picked, but you also don't want to appear arrogant or, you know, you don't want to pick up a phone and say, why am I not playing coach? Because yeah. then if you, if you burn that bridge once and the coach decides, well, this guy, a bit of an attitude, he's gone, then you're really, really gone. So that's the hardest But Like I've been through it as well. It's horrible. And, and you never know, you never know where you stand. And then afterwards you have regrets because you haven't picked up the phone, but you don't want to burn that bridge. So you can't do it. Yeah. It's a horrible thing. And I was like, he said, that's exactly this. And, and I was like, in my mind, I'll say, he'll pick me, he'll pick me, he'll pick me. And I remember, I remember telling myself, in front of the, the, the 2011 final, uh, when they made the V, the, the v uh, against the Avis, and I was in Toulouse, in, 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 uh, we were in the world team, the restaurant, uh, watching the game, and I was like, okay, no, I think this time he, he, He's won't, not he, he will never pick me. You know, but it's, it's like, I told myself, I won't be there. It's like, I don't know, maybe the day before they can, they can call me and I jump in a plane and, and, and fly to the, and I play the final, you know? I, I was so much in my process that, that, that I was like, okay, just do your things, do your things and, and it, will, it will pay one day, it will pay one day, it will pay one day. So, okay, it didn't when I wanted to, but uh, after some years it, it pays off. It did, and we spoke quite a bit to, to Benji and to Thierry Dussetois last week about the 2015 World Cup. Obviously, for you it didn't pay off with Mark Leavermont, but it did when Philippe, Philippe Santandre came in. So um, just give us an insight into what he was like to play for, because obviously now he's with Montpellier 
um, and we know him well over here in England as well, but also how it, how it ended because you, you retired after that game against the All Blacks in 2015, just like Thierry Dusitois did. Benji's spoken about it at length, but just give us your insight. I didn't retire. I just never got picked again. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't retire to. I didn't retire to. I'll never say I'll never say I retired from the French team. You're still available if Fabian wants you. You're still available. <laughs> no, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm one of these guys saying that you can't say you retire from the French team. Because it means that if, if you say you retire, it means that no matter what, you will have been picked. So Michael Jordan can say he retired from something. Uh, Roger Federer can say he, he retired from something. I don't know. Richie McCall can say he retired from, from, from something or Dan Carter. But I don't think Thierry Dussetois can say that as well. But I don't think that there is so many players that can say, okay, I go. And I, I, every time I hear that, that made me laugh because... Okay, you retire, but are you sure that they, they would have picked you if you if you if you're still on, you know? So I definitely didn't retire after the, 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 the twenty fifteen loss, especially when you when you get hammered by by the ABs the way we, we got hammered on the on the on that game. You don't want it to be your 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 last game. The fact is that uh, after that Ginovers just said that I, I won't pick uh, any players uh, after 20, uh, thirty years old. So my 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 case was uh, was closed very 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 fast, but but I didn't retire. Uh, talking about uh, Philippe Saint Andre and the the, the World Cup 2015, I think Philippe was a uh, was a good coach in 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 all the organization, all the process. He's very uh, English in his way of uh, of uh, of see the things a lot into uh, numbers and stats. I don't think he had the um, the, the the best. Uh, the best chance uh, to to be successful uh, about the fact that uh, all this this war between uh, clubs and 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 uh, federation uh, in, in France, it's really hard to to have players who are meeting just I don't know uh, four or five days before the, the the game. He was asking for fifteen days before the game. Uh, so many so many things he asked that are now uh, common in uh, in the Fabien Galtier era, for example. Uh, I think if we had this, uh, we could have. Done a, 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 a bit a bit better. Um, the problem is uh, my what I think in, in France. The main problem is uh, identity problem. What do you see? And I, it's it's not a it's not a coach problem. It's not a, it's not about uh, Marc Lévermont, Philippe Saint André, uh, Guinoves, uh, even Bernard Laporte. The fact is, how do you name your coach? What you want France to be like? Because for me, when you your coach is uh, uh, Pierre Villepreux uh, and, and Philippe Scrella uh, as coach, they had a, a different uh, way to see rugby. It's like the Toulousian way. Then you you hire Bernard Laporte, which is uh, uh, very all about defense, very physical, and uh, and then you hire Marc Lievremont. Marc Lievremont is. Uh, uh, Hey. Uh, more, yeah, play from everywhere, just play. And then you are your uh, Philippe Saint André, which is, uh, I told you, more English, more in numbers. And, and then you are your, uh, so it's different way of seeing rugby. It means that you have 30 caps with, uh, with um, uh, Marc Lévenant. It's totally different than uh, with Philippe Saint André. And it's like every time it's a new story, every time it's a new story. When you see the ABs, for example, they just had uh, Graham Henry, and then they have Stevenson, which was his assistant coach. So it's quite the same. And then now it's Ian Foster. So it's been 20 years that it's the same story evolving. So 
that's I think the the main problem in France is this. And now we have someone uh, which I think is good. I hope that we will be um, we will stick to our identity. And uh, I don't know if if Fadingati will be successful, but we need to think about okay, uh, what is the French rugby? Uh, does the French flair exist or not? Uh, 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 can we win this way? Can we win that way? Uh, is it is it just about winning? Or um, if if it's about winning ugly, or if it's about uh, you know we're French, so uh, as French we like <laughs> um, finest finest things. So it's not about winning; it's about uh, winning in the best way. So is it is it something we have to think about in in the rugby we, we want to play? Yes or no? And from that we have to to hire the best ambassador of of this type of playing. And for me. They are talking about generation. They are talking about say we had a bad generation now and we have a new generation now. I don't think that's the problem of generation. I think that's the problem of identity. And the main thing, if you listen to the players now, is that we know which type of rugby we want to play. We know where we want to go, and that's the main thing. And from the oldest part, I don't say that they, the the different coach didn't want, uh, uh, didn't didn't knew where, where where they wanted to go. But the general atmosphere of the at the union and in the French team was so different from a coach to another that it was really hard to, for players to, to picture themselves. I think it's obviously been really unsettling that there's been so many coaches and so many different identities, as you put it, but ultimately none of them have been as dominant or won as many games as they should have yeah. or people would want to see a French nation win. The difference now, I think it's easy to say that the identity is good, but there's a good coaching staff. France are now playing a good brand of rugby. They're organized, they're committed, they're physical. And you can see everybody in that team has got a smile on their face and they're happy. That's why the French rugby public is delighted for them as we are. For you, Yannick, how happy or how impressed have you been with the coaches and the changes they've made to this French national team? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy because uh, as I told you, you can, you can, you can see uh, where they want to go. You know, I, I, I love uh, an interview from Fabien Cartier uh, uh, two or three uh, days ago. He was talking about... Uh, the way he sees rugby, he say, I'm looking, I want the players to, to look for the spaces everywhere they are. So the spaces can, you can find a space with your kick. You can find a space by, by, by running around. You, you can find a, find a space by a pass. And I want to teach the players to that. Uh, and and, and I, I, I love the vision he has. And, and at least he has a, 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 a vision, a simple vision that everyone can understand. And from that simple vision, he, he then um, had a lot more uh, details in, in, in everything. Okay, okay, we see the space by kicking. How do we kick there? We see a, a, a space uh, uh, by uh, carrying the ball. How do we go? How do we support? And how do we transform from what we see to, 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 to another place? So it's, there is a lot more of vision on, on, on everything we, we, we do. I think we change what we're... No, not a lot of people talk about as well. It's like we change the way we form players. Um, uh, we we are two times champion in, in under twenty. This never happened for a long time for France. So uh, Sebastien Picconi, which is the head of uh, of uh, academy uh, in in the French national rugby, is doing an amazing amazing work. And um, and I, I and I also think the clubs uh, are doing a, a great work too. Uh, uh, you can see play, clubs like uh, Clermont, clubs like Racing. Toulouse, uh, uh, they are they are they are building some 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 very 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 good players. 
um, which are really very quick for the for the for the best level. So, yeah, I I hope that and I and I think that uh, France will have a bright future in very soon. We talked about how you've helped Camus Shah and Benji also make, mentioned and he likes to mention Teddy Thomas, who obviously you know from wrestling as well as he's in, in the France camp at the moment. Obviously, he had a, a few issues in Edinburgh a couple of years ago that we won't go into. <laughs> but just from a general point of view, obviously, he is an interesting character, isn't he? He's a, he's a free spirit, I guess. But just talk to us about how he's kind of changed over the years and what he's like as a bloke. Uh, he's, a, he's a special one as well. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's very... He's very good, very good, uh, uh, very good in um, in so many ways. I never seen someone so so fast and powerful. I never seen someone gifted the way Teddy Thomas is gifted. Uh, he got one day. He just they were doing some uh, some some speed with all the backs. He had he had an injury to uh, to his uh, hamstring, and the, the 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 doc say there is no way you run. And there was this uh, two cells. It was uh, 10 and 20 meters, uh, not to uh, so. And the, the backs were doing this, doing this, and it was I think one or two weeks to be back uh, with the team. So he just he was just start joining, and they were doing the the score and uh, pushing each other, and and then they finish, and I was behind, and he just wanted for himself to to see what it was like. He, he didn't he didn't even warm himself or nothing. He just started and, and, and do, did the 10 meters and he beat the score by by so far. I think it was 10 or 20 percent faster than the, the, the rest of the team. That's the way he is. And he, he can look it looks like he's easy or he doesn't he doesn't do fast, things fast. But when you when you see him on the field and when you have the, 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 the numbers and the GPS, he is very fast. So when he looks like is a what what we call in French a fake uh, a fake, fake slow man, you know. He can look lazy and fake, and but he's not. I had the same impression with uh, Rupini uh, uh, Dada. Uh, he, he, he was he was the same. When you when you see him running, he was like, oh, he's he's fat. He doesn't. But when you are next to him running, you can you can you can feel how fast he is. So that's the first impression. Uh, that is is bad for Teddy is is this on the field. The other thing is outside the field. Teddy is is a uh, is special as well. <laughs> he's special as well. He's uh, Benny, Benjamin know him very well as well. He's he's a special bloke because he's generous and a very 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 attaching uh, in a way. And he's so, there is so, sometimes he's, he's so, he can be an ass, not, 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 um, not on purpose, but, but he, he, he just, he just needed to know that the world around him uh, works with or without him. So he, 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 he better have to, to, to fit this world, in fact. He can be himself, he can be himself, we don't want him to change as a man, because he is a very good man, but he has just to understand some rules. That's, so that's, that was the starting point from, from, from our relationship with, with Teddy, because Teddy was like, okay, I just do that because I want to do that. And I don't think about the impact that things have on the others. So we start from, from, from that. And now what I'm happy with is like, he's now teaching the, this to the, to the youngster coming to, so sometimes I'm just in my office uh, listening to him, Telling to this or this guy not to do that or to explaining the way he is, and I'm just yeah, smiling inside me because he, at least he, 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 
he got he got what we said because it's not just me. Uh, you were talking about Remy Thales. Remy Thales was like uh, he used to call us dads, you know, Remy and I, because uh, because we were always after him, always after him, always, always, you know, pushing him and and uh, okay, you didn't have the good uh, the good clothes, you didn't have this, you didn't have that. Just go and 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 change. And and from that, so I think at some point it was like aiding aiding us with uh, with Taro. But yeah, the 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 goal was the the pain. <laughs> and one other player I want to get your opinion on, just because I think you've been so interesting on the mental side of things and the work you're doing at, at Racing. I know he's injured at the moment, but obviously he's very relevant for this weekend's fixture, Finn Russell. Yeah. Obviously, he's settled in very well. He's playing hugely well for Racing. But on that mental side of things, we see him juggling balls and doing kickups in the warm-up. And he's obviously a very different character as well. Has he got a bit of French in him, do you think? And and how how do you yeah. guys manage him at Racing? <laughs> yeah, he's one of the most French from the the, the, the UK. And no, Finn is uh, is uh, is also. I, I think you, first first of all, you have to be special to uh, to get to this level because it it, it takes you so many things. You need so many hard works, so many, um, so many losses, so many disappointment, so many frustration that you have to be special to be to be to be on top and to be uh, to be one of the best. So Finn is one of them. He, he, he helped us a lot in the in the in the last success we we had. He um, looks like is is the same. He doesn't. He's not the way he looks. Uh, for example, he. He looks very detached from things, but I can tell you that uh, he's very um, uh, into processing his mind. He's writing uh, a lot of uh, stuff. He's always at the, the video watching games, uh, the opponent, uh, watching all the trainings, the way he trained, what he could, he, he could have done more, uh, taking the, the, the players, okay, I want, to, I want your line to be this way and not this way, because when you do that, I can reach the, the other one. He's, he's always, always talking um, to, to, to the boys. His French is, is, uh, is on point because he, he, he doesn't speak French uh, uh, a lot, but uh, when he has to say something, he just say it in French in, a, in the best way possible. Uh, the thing with Finn is like, you need to, to get him. So um, what I like to say, and I think uh, everyone agree, agree, agree with, uh, with this, this point of view at, at racing, is that uh, it starts from the player. Okay. Who the player is, uh, how we see things, and does it does it fit with our mentality? Does it fit with our vision? And if it doesn't fit with our vision, we we propose him something that can be better for him and also for us. And 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 from that we try to 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 build a a way or a process uh, to 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 get along. And that's that's the way we 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 process with uh, with Finn. I think. The first year when he arrived, he had six first months, amazing, amazing months, and we were we were playing so good with him. Then he went with uh, with the Scotland uh, for the for the tournament, and he, he came back like like a, a bit different. We didn't we didn't knew at this time the all the issues he had with the with the with the coach and and everything. He just he just uh, it just seemed different. So we thought first that okay, we play a lot in the top 14, top 14 Champions Cup internationals. Uh, we are almost every year around 30, 35 games uh, to play, so maybe it was a, a, a bit more. And then um, we we try to manage uh, not to play too much, and we also try to to know him, like what he what he thinks 
uh, was the championship and everything. And then we heard about the the the, the, the thing uh, in, in Scotland and with the with the with the national team, and we tried to to put him okay in the best condition. Okay, what, what do you think? What do you think will be will, will be good for you? And and then we we tried to to uh, to, to 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 put him in this condition without never without um, uh, um, how can I say that. Um, doing something bad for the team. So it wasn't about Finn Russell. It, it was about Finn Russell in racing. And that's, that's really important. It's not that we put the players above uh, uh, anything. We, we, have, we have rules here and, and we, we are um, very, very clear image of, very clear vision of what we want to be and what we want to achieve. And, and, but we want to help the players to be in that process. So you mentioned what Finn was like when he came back from Scotland camp. Did he kind of tell you what happened or did he, did he give you an impression of, of what was going on at that time? Yeah, of course, we can, we can say everything he said because I, I really believe that uh, what happened in the team has to be in the team. But um, the thing is that I think is the, um, the lack of flexibility um, that... Uh, that uh, that was in the in the in the in in, in the Scottish team at, at this time. So things were like this and that, and that's what I was saying to to uh, to you guys uh, before. I don't think we as staff coach uh, own the rugby. The rugby is owned by the players, so they need to they need to really believe in hundred percent of what you're doing. No matter if it's a good way or a bad way, they need to believe in it. Because if if they believe in it, even if it's the bad way, they will get through it. If it's the good way, they will be one of the best successful team uh, ever. But they need to believe that. And if you come with the fact that, okay, I got this idea of rugby and this is this way and you have to listen to me and do that. I don't know if it's that's exactly what uh, uh, Grothausen is doing because I just have like one part of the of the of the of the story but i think that it's it's hard to 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 get all the, the the players on board you know you will always have like one of two players that they have and especially finn you know this stuff of player you need to um to 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 have like uh, intuition you love to play with with some intuition so you love to 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 the thing to be structured but you need to have like this space is where he can, he can, he can does what he, what he, what he, kn- he knows the best, you know? Uh, it's like this, this little chip that, uh, that, that, that made us win uh, against, uh, against the Saris, for example. And he need to have that to get him successful in, 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 in a chip like this or in a, in, in, a, in, a, in a fast pass. You need to accept that sometimes he can miss as well because what, what he obtained is, is, not, is not common. So when he's successful, Everyone is like, oh, he's a genius, he's, he's a magician and everything. But when, when, that's the problem of this type of players. It's like when they succeed, they are on top. And when they miss, oh, why he attempts this? It's so difficult to... Yeah, but he can't do that. So if he doesn't attempt it, how do how you want him to be successful in this? So it's, it's hard for me to say what's wrong in, in, in Scotland because I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there. And uh, uh, I'm just... Uh, about uh, Finn's feeling, and I, you don't question feelings, you know? If he feels that it is something happened to, to, for him to, 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 to think that. But for sure, there is, there is, a, there is a, a discussion to, to have and a talk to have to, to, to get on the, on the same line. 
And Yannick, if he's if he's coming up with that magic, you need to let him have three beers as well, don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But he doesn't he doesn't need to miss to 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 drink beers. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want to stir up some shit memories, but obviously the the Exeter Chiefs loss in the Champions Cup final. I know more than anyone what it is. Shit happens. Yeah. Rugby is tough. Uh, you can go up and down. I just feel it, in my outside eye I, I i didn't i didn't recognize you guys on the team on on the on the day I, I think unfortunately you will live with regrets that i lived for a long long time with that you just weren't 100 percent of who you could have been on the day shit happens uh, you know uh, we are all humans and and that doesn't mean that exeter don't deserve it i think there was a some poor decisions by the ref hidalgo klein on the line for me that's that that, that is too much that is too much it was too too unclear and too much of big a big heavy decision. Oh well, but there's also something that was quite heartbreaking to see. To be to be honest, is the complete meltdown of Teddy Ribaren. Teddy Ribaren is not really well known in the UK, but my God, he's a tiny little thing that's got a heart big like this, who's got massive balls, and who is just talented as can be. But and he, for me, it was that it was his time to shine. It was his time to get his his reward, you know, and to be like, holy shit, he's actually a massive player. I don't understand why his name is not really chucked around in the French team more. You know what I mean? Why not? He's, just, he's only dominating rugby at the moment, and it was his time. And now that I understand his technical meltdown was a physical meltdown, it's, to be fair, it's an impossible situation. When you're about to grab your glory, to pull out of the game the day before if you're not 100%, because nobody's ever 100% when you play a game. So I, I would have not had the courage to pull out, to be honest, not for such a big game, not when you've been waiting for this for, for the whole time. So just want to have your take on, on that episode as a club, but also just how, how is he? Is he all right? Is he coping with it? Is, is he, has he swallowed it? I don't think he'll ever swallow it, but is he coping with it? Yeah, I think he doesn't have a choice. He has to copy with this, and uh, we we also all have, have to do that. Uh, I think this is a this is a everyone loss. Uh, there is not. I I don't like to point anyone in, in in this. Of course, this case has a huge impact on the on 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 the score, but it was like uh, we prepared this final. I think in the in the best way we could. Um, uh, we had this problem with coronavirus, uh, I think, three weeks ago, uh, three weeks before the, the final, and uh, we we went in camp in the, in uh, in Paris first, and then uh, in in Corsica, um, and working on every details on the final, and um, yeah, and after that, uh, uh, Teddy felt his is uh, is addictus and uh, just told to the to the to the. To the doc and, and and coaches and and we 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 said okay let's see tomorrow tomorrow we're gonna test you and uh, and we, we will feel like uh, uh, if if you if you're able to play or not we test him the the, the day uh, on the final he kicking the ball the passing running uh, accelerating and everything well right so he said uh, he said he could play and and, uh, and and so we played him and. Uh, and during the the, 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 the the game, we could see that something was wrong, but uh, we were asking him, are you right? And then, and then he was, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm all good. And he was like doing something very, very bad and then doing something very, very good after that. And so it was it was really, really hard to for him and for, I prefer for him to kick in the ball and like pull his hamstring, not being able to, 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 to walk and, 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 just, and just go out. 
it would it would have been easier. But we could see that I don't know if you remember the game, but he he, he helped us uh, in the, in the first try after uh, four nil. Uh, Max was about to come in, and then uh, we we just break the line for I don't know 60 meters, and he, he was every time accelerating the 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 the, the, the game and continuing the, the the momentum, and we and we scored the try, and uh, and and he was no I'm good I'm good so yeah this this um, this first half because I it's, it's the whole first half uh, was was too too many ups and downs in this. And uh, which we decided to change him because it was uh, it wasn't possible at, uh, at half time, and and even with this we almost came back in the in the in the game. Uh, we came I think 20, 28, 27, uh, five minutes to go. We had this opportunity to to score three points. We 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 kick in the line out. Yeah, there is so many things in this final uh, we went wrong, and then we are so close from the title that uh, yeah, just just changing one thing. Uh, I think could have been better for for us. Um, that's the way it is. I think uh, we need to, to to learn about about this. I don't like to talk about the referee because uh, there is things that you control. There is things that you don't. You never control the referee. So so that's uh, he, he has to play his part. He, he'll, he'll be judged for that uh, by the by 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 his superiors. And uh, and we have to give credit also also to to etc. Because uh, I don't think they were. They were really, really, really better than this, but they play at their best, and so they won. That's that. That's simple as that. Every opportunity, they, every opportunity they had in the in the, in our camp, they scored every time. Um, the the the, um, the captain uh, uh, made hundred hundred percent in the in the post. We missed, I think, uh, a four or five uh, kick, and uh, we lost by four. So yeah, on this game, we had. So many opportunity to win, and we didn't. But so we have to blame ourselves, and all of us, not 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 only Teddy, all of us, all of us at some point missed something or didn't do something that could have uh, made us win. And uh, I think it, I, I told you before that's that's the best lesson. There is there is no better lesson than uh, than this. You know, I I don't know if we will be back on the on track uh, this year or the year after for the for the for, for another final, but I can tell you that <laughs> if there is. One doubt on, on on the player, they we we, we won't take the, the the risk on that, and and also the players themselves, you know, they will be harder on themselves in in everything, and I I I wish it it will help us for uh, for the future. And a lot of people are talking about the psychology of losing three Champions Cup finals, but anyone listening to you today and and hearing you your positivity and hearing you talk about the work you're doing on the mental side of things. I mean, they couldn't be in better hands. So I'm sure you'll be back and fingers crossed for a, another Champions Cup final this year. Just before we let you go, um, you're obviously doing amazing work. You're really enjoying your role at the moment. Where do you see yourself going? Is this the kind of role that you want to do for another 10, 15, 20 years? Or do you want to coach? What, what do you want to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, and I don't, I'm, I'm happy this way, um, taking things to another the first thing that I want to be successful with uh, with racing in my position, I want to be successful. And if I get successful one day, I'll, I'll, I'll picture myself uh, in a different position. Um, yeah, coach, coaching can be one of them because uh, I still have the, the love for the game. And uh, every time, even if it's not my uh, my role, I, I love to go on the field and uh, just watching some players. And it also helped me uh, when, I, when I'm talking to them uh, outside the field because I, I know exactly the way they think. And uh, I love to 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 still uh, travel with the team and and be there at the game, giving some 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 thoughts uh, to the coaches and 
yeah, it's it's more informal. It's not my my job. It's more as a as a former player. But um, yeah, that's that, that's also something something I love. But it's impossible for me to to picture myself more than in uh, in two years at the moment. I want to enjoy the the thing. I want to form myself as well. I'm I'm passing some uh, some diplomas uh, for for three years now. Different diplomas, uh, management management diplomas. Uh, I I might. Uh, Pass an MBA very soon uh, in, in in two years. I, I want to uh, pass my 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 coaching diploma as well. So I get so many so many plans to to picture myself in uh, in uh, in more than uh, two or three years. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show and giving us your insight. And um, massive good luck for for this season with wrestling. And who knows, maybe see you as head coach as well at some point in the future. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Thank you very much. It was yeah, it was a good. Uh, a good chat. It's not often that we have the time uh, to talk about things like this and develop things uh, the way the way we think. It was uh, just a, a personal vision of uh, my personal vision of rugby. Nothing more. I don't like to to teach lesson to anyone, but uh, yeah, it was good to to express myself. Thank you, guys. Legend. Fantastic. Thanks Legend. very much, Legend. mate. Cheers, Yannick. Ciao. Thank you. Bye. Cheers. How nice a bloke is he, though? Like you don't get better. Yeah, he's lovely. He's genuine. He's very. We don't have time because we spoke about rugby. He's also interested about a million different things. He's always had a sort of an intellectual curiosity about loads of things, different people. And he's one of those guys, honestly, I mean, if I had to create a team, and he's just amazing in the locker room. In Toulouse, he was close. He was the one linking the Luke McAllister and the Byron Kelleher and the Census Johnson. And he was the one making them sort of connect with all the youngsters. He's always done that. He's the cement of a team, but he can't say negative things about people just because he's kind and and well going to be a coach. There's no way. Like, he's got to go from being rassing. They'll get a star on their jersey eventually. Like, the way they're going, they're, they're going to be awesome over the next few years. And then like, you could see him hopping up to the French team, but not being like head coach, but being like director of, or manager of, and looking after everybody. I think, to be honest, him and Thierry, because I know we spoke about it already, because I'm doing an MBA as well at the same time, we're all saying, let's, let's be legitimate outside of rugby. Let's build ourselves. Let's, let's get a bit of experience. Let's give it a couple of years just to grow, to see how good we could be. And then something will have to be brought back to French rugby, not necessarily in coaching, but like developing the game, just making it better, leaving it in a better place than we were. And I think Yannick will be, would be fantastic in that role, sort of director of development of the federation, 100%. whatever it is, yeah. but just to bring it to the next step in modernity. We also forgot to ask him, I want to ask him about, you know the really famous fight that he was um, busy against Perpignan? <laughs> Completely oh, forgot to ask him. If you can, go on YouTube, type in Yanga Bezier. The first thing that comes yeah. up is their scrap. Him, him and his mate, Dimitri Zarzeski. It's, <laughs> like, it's like a four-minute long fight of 15 against 15. It's legendary. And it is epic. And Lanyang does not hold back. He's awesome. He was my French captain of the under-21s. And he said that he got called really, really young. So we were at the World Cup under-21s in Glasgow. And he got the, the French call-up that week. Um, well, we were there, so we clapped him off because he just got called by Bernard Laporte to go to America. There was a tour in the USA and Canada, and he got picked where he was he's just 20. And that same World Cup is the one that I start the whole World Cup because Dimitri Zarzyski got four months suspension for that fight where there was 17 red cards or whatever. <laughs> There's like high kicks flying everywhere. Epic. It was Thai boxing. It wasn't rugby. It was amazing. Amazing to hear his insight, especially on the mental side of things um, and everything that happened throughout his career. We touched on... Scotland, France with him. We spoke about it a bit earlier on, but just want to get your prediction so I can call you on it next week. What's the score going to be? I was very scared when I saw the original rotation of the squads, considering how positive and full of, um, how do you say that, self-belief 
um, and strategy and, and just strong Scotland look. But now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny, but Flynn Russell or Gavin Hastings will not be playing this weekend. Gavin's definitely not Adam. playing. <laughs> Adam. Adam might be. No, neither oh, of them are playing. <laughs> so, so Flynn, Sorry. Nor Adam, neither of them are playing. It'll be, it'll be Duncan. We'll be starting again. Yeah. Who did a terrific job and I thought he, he yeah. looked like a little bullet against Italy and he really did not hold back. And it was, But he's not Flynn Russell. And I think they will need a bit of that extra creativity to beat France. And so I was afraid of yeah, those rotations. But now that I see that they were able to hold back on them, I really do think France will do the job with the extra motivation that you mentioned before we spoke to the legend Yannick. It's just too big, too important. So I see a big win would be like a five-point win, basically. So I'd say 20 to 15 or whatever to France. Oh, it's really horrible because I don't yeah, want you to You hate to, to admit it. You hate to admit it, but you almost uh, agree with me, right? Well, the, the thing is, I I absolutely want the Scottish side to make a little bit of their own history. I mean, it's been a pretty damp, like the past few years have been pretty dull in Scottish rugby, but the exact same is happening in French rugby. I want both teams to win. I want Scotland to win their sixth consecutive game. I also want France for the romanticism of not winning to overturn that result and, you know, get that one up. Um, and it's going to be really tight. I, I'm struggling to... Obviously, I want to say Scotland because um, I'm Scottish and I want the Scottish boys to do it. The, the only bit where I see a little bit more power is the French backline. That is the... If you compare Duncan Weir, Sam Johnson, Chris Harris, and then you take Jalabert, you take a Fiku if he's in at 12, you take a Vakatawa, I just see the power play and the possibilities that they've got coming into play. Might That might be the deciding factor. So... My heart says Scotland and my head says France. Um, my heart says Scotland by by five points. And my, my what does your passport says, say? I'm a dual passport holder, mate. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my win head, win. My head says what France your by tax five. Bill? What does your tax bill say? <laughs> um, uh, it kills me to do it, but I'm going to say France by four. Finally, a bit of sense. We will see. We will see. Um, and just briefly, touching on the top 14, you mentioned Jalibert there, who looks like he's going to be playing for France this weekend. He was playing in the top 14 at the weekend. Christoph Urias went back to his old club and got a win, didn't he? So a few talking points there. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you finish that one, Johnny, because you know Castres inside out. Um, but from an outsider's point of view, who doesn't know them inside from the inside, Castres have always played a very edgy rugby. Okay, it's, it's part of who they are. They want to be a bit rough, uh, play with, the, you know, get you hyped up and get you to, just to lose your self-control. To be honest, I think that's part of rugby. Rugby is confrontational. It's physical. It's a mind game. So the Rory Cocotte, the Babillot, they love, you know, a little extra shove and to step on your toes and just have, and that's what Christophe Urios basically built into them. And Mauricio Rejardo, who now took on the show, will no, be no different. And they just, it was one of those games that was just a bit ugly to see. It was the big rivalry with Christophe Urios bringing back Bordeaux to Castres, you know, so there was a bit of tension. I'm sure he pumped them up during the week massively about, listen, you, you know, he was, not pumping them, but hyping them or whatever, you know. It was it was really strong motivation. And long story short, the whole game was tense. And on the final winning winning try at the 81st minute or something like that, Jalibert, who did start, who was on the bench now with a bib because he got subbed off, comes in to congratulate his, his teammate. But while he's running to congratulate him, makes a proper detour to go hit the head of Julien Dumora, the fullback of, of Castres, just to wind him up, basically. And it started a bit, a bit of a scuffle. So... I, for me, he crossed the line. It was uncalled for 
a bit aggressive for nothing. He apologized. He did get pushed. He did get like, provoked. He was answering something, yes. But it, it is one of those nasty things. If you want to answer something, just try to smoke somebody in a tackle. Just try to clean somebody in a ruck and actually hurt them. But pushing, shoving, whatever, when you're on the bench, you're not meant to be on the line. You know, it, it kicked off a big fuss about the new generation is disrespectful. These are the, the you're, you're, you're basically shitting on the values of rugby, this and that. And on top of that, he's got to start for the French team. So there's a lot to it. I think he made a mistake. He's, he's going to have to live with the consequences. He's apologized. Shit happens. It should not happen again. We have to be very careful with that type of behavior on the rugby field because that's just completely counterproductive and can have a very negative image just for rugby in general. I do not think it's going to impact his game against Scotland. And I just hope that his, he's going to show enough composure and he's just going to learn from it to be able to have the talent, but also have the brains to stay cool in all situations. I think the horrible thing for him and all the young players coming through is it's kind of the world we live in. So because of the rules we have and the rule changes over, the, like when we started, if you did something like that, you'd expect to get your face caved in. Like if you were at Leicester sure. or you, like it just wouldn't happen. If you were playing rugby in the south of France, you behave like that, you know the next ruck that's coming, you're either going to get fish hooked, eye gouged, or you're going to get your face shooed, something's going to happen. The problem is now there's no comeuppance, there's no price to be paid apart from public enemy number one, maybe a bit of shit thrown your way on Twitter but but that's it I mean that's Jalibar that's one game but I mean obviously Bab you, you, you talk like the crowd at cast is like no other Cocot every game there's something he does Babio, they call it anti-jeu or there's always something niggly I think it's almost going to have to go the way like I'm fed up of watching you know you see like the push like O'Mahony like every single game there's like a shoving contest like it bores me I'm like nobody's ever going to swing nobody's ever going to win so just stop I almost think it's going to go the way they're going to have to get it out of the game because it it's going like football and that you've got simulation you've got people faking and it's not nice to watch I would almost consider like world rugby brings in rules every year some sort of look can we do something for unsportsmanlike conduct like the amount of times you see somebody get somebody patting on opposite position's head after giving away a penalty or they've been dominated in a tackle or like just get on with it. Just like the game's a physical confrontation. Do the physical bit, but the the mental, psychological, like putting down people or we don't need it. Um, and that that was an example of that. Jalibert again, absolutely no need. Looks like a complete twat. Um, and it sours that the win. It should have been a great win and a great finish, but everyone's talking about his actions and the way he's behaved. Whereas if you knew, if he knew that he did something like that, he's gonna get an automatic ban. Or it's gonna be like NFL, something's gonna they're gonna get points deducted, or you you restart the game at the twenty-two because somebody's done something stupid. You would have games or or behaviors corrected there live and it would be stamped out of the game. It's just not something I enjoy watching. I, I can't deal with people tapping each other's heads or, you know, shoving faces in the like, It was unnecessary and I don't enjoy watching it. And, and Jalibar, again, like he's got, he's got all the talent in the world. So why? Like you've got no need to do that. Just get on with it. Have a bit of class. To the point, Johnny, that you think in the long run, if they do implement sort of a penalty, a yellow card or something, to the point you think we could see a ref or a world of rugby where they score the winning try and they turn around because Jalibar yeah, was playing up there, I would. The, the, the try would be disallowed. I mean, that's, that's, that's what or we're something. talking about. That's or a TMO or, or points awarded automatically for some sort of poor behavior. Because I, 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 it, mate, it's horrible to watch. I, like, I can't deal with watching it. Um, and the amount of times you see it, like, like everybody knows, you watch rugby, you shake hands, people respect the referee, you talk back, you get marched back 10 yards. But there's all sorts of scenarios now that creep in through physical confrontations and things happening after tackles or after scrums or after tries 
where people get away with things and it's snidey and I don't like the attitude and I don't think it's part of our sport. People see things, people see the respect, the culture, the values that we have. And I feel like something could maybe done to tweak the rules. So this kind of stuff gets stamped out because it's not, it's not good to watch. Nobody enjoys seeing that. I, I hate it. Definitely one we can revisit in weeks to come. But um, just while we're on the top 14, it's sort of a catch-up weekend this weekend. La Rochelle Racing looks like a big one, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, La Rochelle, I, I, I praised them after the win against Clermont and they're really dominating. And I think they're a serious contender for top 14. But then they, they got completely <laughs> spanked in Stade Francais. Uh, they really did not, they just did not show up. Maybe left a little bit of, um, not a lot of more, uh, he said, petrol in the engine after playing Sunday night against Clermont to play against, against Stade. They rotated Maybe a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. But they still, they still had a strong team and stuff. But Stade, as I said, if they start clicking with Gonzalo Quesada and they're they're missing Pablo Matarai and all that and all the RGs, um, be careful with that. <laughs> how how good was Makalu? Yeah, he, he is he is <sighs> breathtaking. He is breathtaking at the moment. His only issue, to be honest, is that he can't play six because Olivon is the captain. Uh, he can't play eight because Alderit is just the the tank that uh, the new Louis Picamol that France needs and 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 is so important. It's going to be complicated for him to play seven because uh, Francois Cross is becoming a lineup leader. Arthur Ituria, who is not dead, is not far and he's very, very good. But if he starts playing either impact player, because he can play either, either of the three or just, eight, or just eight, he is a freak of nature. He is extremely fast. He is made for international rugby. He reminds me of a young number, Scottish number eight, who was very, very quick. And his name is Jonathan Beattie. Simon Taylor. So, <laughs> so, or Simon Taylor, but um, no, no, he, he is he's freak of nature, quick, fast, um, made for international rugby. I cannot wait to see him uh, go into the French team. My only issue is where, how does he fit? Man, I just just get him in, like get him in on the bench. He can he can cover all three. He's freakish impact player, but that's it. If there are injuries anywhere, you could stick him in at six, yeah. seven, or eight, and he can start easily at international level. He's been unlucky with injuries that he hasn't started or being involved more in the camps and tests, but like on physicality alone, he deserves to be there. There's nothing else really like him, I would say, in the Six Nations tournament. I can't think of another back rower as physically talented as he is, and he would absolutely dominate on a Six Nations level. That physicality, international level, good pitches, hard grounds, he would be ridiculous. So he was in his tries again this weekend. He looks so easy. We talked about Teddy Thomas earlier being effortless. Mack will lose another one. When he's ball in hand, he's just poetry in motion. Watching him is, is easy. Um, and, you know, every time he gets the ball, he does something. And obviously, I think at Stad they play the one-three-three-one system. So he's out on the wings. But that's it. When he has time and space on the ball, he can finish things off. He's looking to offload. He's running good lines off people that can offload. He's, he's clearly smart with his play as well. So I can't wait to see him go up another level. He was, he was awesome again at the weekend. And the fact that he isn't in that France squad just a sign of the uh, the strength and depth that that Fabian Galtier has at the moment to choose from. Well, he was he was going to be in the squad yeah. until then Fiji uh, cancelled the game and they just decided to transform the squad. So I think basically they just pushed it one last game. Test. I think he'll start against Italy. He'll start against Italy and they'll, it'll be he's a strong contender for the last game as well. We look forward to seeing him there and we look forward to watching the um, the Kezabiti. Derby this weekend. So you've both predicted a France win. So I was, I was expecting some edge, but we haven't got it there. I told you what my heart said. We'll just go with that. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll chat about that next week. Uh, thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. Uh, massive thanks to Yannick Nyanga. And thanks to everyone for listening as well. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Awesome. Bye, guys. Cheers, guys.
Cheers, fellas. Have a good one. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.